Sports game. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me today for his first time on Video Scoop, Jared Petty. Hi. Welcome. Very happy to have you here. Thank you for having me, Dan. Justin Davis is cool. here. Brian Altano is here. We've got a great show for you uh, this week. I, I'm actually, I'm really excited for the topics that we're going to discuss. Not like usual. This it's just. I mean, I'm always excited. <laughs> This week, I'm even more excited than mm-hmm. usual. We're going to talk about an upcoming Friday the 13th game. Yeah, yeah, suspicious quotes there. We're going to flash back to 1993. But first, we got to talk about the game of the moment, the first amazing game of 2015, Darkest Dungeon. Holy balls, this game <laughs> is so good. Yeah, it They've is really, the, really good. Why really did nobody good. tell me? What, Darkest Dungeon? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Why did no one tell you it was good, or...? That so, I should be playing this game. Oh. This game is—it's actually not officially released yet. It's in Steam Early Access. It's in Steam Early Access, but unlike a lot of Early Access games, so a lot of Early Access games, you're allowed to release them in whatever state you want. Hey, look, our game is in alpha, but we want you to test it out. You know, develop the game with us. But this game is f- far more complete than that. Uh, yeah, it's very. It's polished. basically the full game, except the final two areas just aren't in it yet. Mm-hmm. Right, but so, that doesn't really matter because there's plenty to do. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's probably uh, about twenty hours to get yeah. through what's in there. The game is a uh, uh, roguelike. Is that accurate? Yeah, like a turn a combination RPG roguelike. Uh, so you delve into these dungeons, and they're randomly generated, and you face these horrors. And the game's big twist is that uh, not only do your characters take damage, you know, when they're attacked, but they're taking like mental damage. They're getting stressed out mm-hmm. from being in there, and your torches burn down. And the darker it gets, the more stressed they get, and then they can have these afflictions. They can go crazy. Like, so it's sort of, it's got a sort of. Sanity meter, eternal darkness. Yeah, like a yeah, but yeah. I've always wanted more games to have that. Like everybody is so unfazed in like a Call of Duty game after he kills three hundred people. <laughs> yeah, like what if they're just being like, "What have I done?" Yeah. Maybe he should have a sanity. Yeah, meter. that'd be awesome. So you but can. This, uh, yeah, the sanity effects don't affect you, the player. They affect your characters. Uh, but the cool thing is that it can affect them in either negative or positive ways. Yeah, so, so they, they might become like, paranoid. And they might think the other members of the party are like out to get them, so they don't trust them anymore. Or they might get like a, a burst of, of courage. Like, yeah. Well, you got to kill the paranoid guy. Well, well so right. then, so then, he'll take everyone down. The cycle of the game is you delve into these dungeons, and they come out having seen all these horrors, and then you have to choose. You have to match their personalities. Like this guy go drinks in the bar. To, this guy goes to relieves the, their stress. Yeah, to yeah. get the stress level back down. This guy goes to the brothel. This woman needs to go pray. Their stress doesn't reset when you go back to town. There's like a hub town. Stress doesn't reset, so if you take them out again, they're like that much more stressed already. And they're like, oh, wow. I don't want to go yeah. back down there. And yeah. then you got to try to make them happy. So you get like this weird dating sim element built into this. Mm-hmm. Most roguelikes usually have to manage, you know, your party's HP, maybe their magic abilities, and then their food. This one adds another dimension that has, like I said, the positive and negative swing. So there's even more to fool with, but it doesn't feel burdensome. And also, there's this kind of neat, like they almost took like the Dragon Quest combat system and put it in this. Most roguelikes are just sort of running up against things and using wands or scrolls in clever ways. We play something like Ang Bander. NetHack, a classic roguelike, or Sharon the Wanderer, which is maybe a little more contemporary. This game takes a, a turn-based combat system that that feels more like a simple Dragon Quest thing, and it works really well. You have just enough options to, to feel like you're in control, but not so many that you're overwhelmed by having to juggle all these things at once. That's what I'm really loving about it, is the game got my attention, and I backed it on Kickstarter because of that like stress system and uh, managing that, and now my character has all these afflictions that they have to you know have removed from them, but what I've been pleasantly surprised with is how well that turn-based combat really works. Mm. Like, it is kind of standard, like, you know, your character takes a turn, then the enemy takes a turn, but it's really based on positioning. So it's 2D, so it's like character one, two, three, and four, and uh, you can, uh, like the person in the front 
uh, has more options, like based on where you are in the party. But they also have preferences for where they like to be positioned. Yeah, they so may like, like to be in the front or the back. Like you might want your healer in the back, and then the you know then a ranged guy, and then you know two melee guys. But you can pull. Like you, there's attacks. Like you can like hook an enemy and pull them to the front of the line, and then maybe that archer won't really have that many options available mm. to them anymore. Yeah, so. you can screw up their formation. So you, you, and you, the, you said ahead. people have like a, a, how do you how do you heal them? Like if you're well, paranoid yeah. or you're crazy in the head. Yeah. So uh, you, you, there's no therapist it, down there. As long as they're not afflicted, your healer can heal everyone. But okay. when, if they are afflicted and they're paranoid, then they might not. They may reject your attempts to heal them. And yeah. it's a lot like Does a classical tabletop role-playing game. You're playing a D&D scenario. We keep talking about the party end of it. You know, the, the, it really is a party-based roguelike, which is fairly unique, because as long as one guy makes it back, you can you get keep going. Way. You know, you get, to, you get to keep moving. And That's dark. It, it's, well, yeah, because roguelikes, it's permadeath. Once yeah. they're dead, yeah. they're dead. You get, and, you get caught in these stress spirals, where if mm -hmm. one guy sort of loses his mind, it really starts to stress out the party members yeah. around him. Yeah. And uh, Or, like, if an enemy lands a critical hit, like, the game is so, like, the flavor of it's so good, because if an enemy lands a critical hit, not only do they take a bunch of damage, but that also raises their stress level more, but if you land a critical hit, then everyone's like, maybe we can make it out of this after all. Like, these little boxes pop up, and the stress level goes down. So um, the uh, answer to your original question is you, you keep coming back up. You don't try mm. to do it all in one go. It's, it's how far can I make it down? It's risk-reward. Do I dare delve a little farther? And they, they give you these wonderful incentives, little bonuses to keep going, to keep going. And it's, it's like a trap. There's a little piece of cheese out there, and you're like, oh, that is something slaps down on your hand. And mm -hmm. you're like, oh, I, I went too far. And that's what makes it great. But you can always go back to the surface, try to heal up, try to get ready, recruit new party members, because they, they kind of roll over and die. And in that way, it's sort of like XCOM. Um, yeah, like there's always like new party members are free. They're always, adventurers are always showing up in the stagecoach, and then you can you kind of just throw them into the dungeon and be like, well, good luck. And like most of awesome. them die, but a yeah. few make it back and level up. Um, I gotta play this. The game is so. I'm good. sold. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, it's it's a uh, the game is really really hard. Like some people, I'm seeing some complaints that it's too hard, but the game's even clever about how it handles that because you can bounce at any time with absolutely no penalty. You can just leave. Yeah. But people, yeah, and you get to people, keep the treasure you found so far. Some stuff. Like, I think maybe they cut some of it. Like, you don't get all of it. But, like, uh, uh, like you can leave any battle you want. You can leave the dungeon anytime you want. But people don't because they know that, like, it's they just push it. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, everybody's almost lost their minds. They've almost lost all their health. But, like, there's like I'm almost right at the end. And so, really, people kind of have themselves to blame when they do, like, go one fight too long. And then, yeah. you know. Yeah, the penalties for backing out are minimal. I think, do you think your guys get, like, a little depressed or upset if you yeah, back they, out? Oh, there's yeah, there's a slight stress penalty, yeah. but yeah. It, it's penalty. pretty minimal. Uh, yeah, the game is very difficult. It reminds me a bit of FTL. But uh, it's just so you just have to be really, really smart with every choice that you make. But again, that's roguelikes. You know, yeah. roguelikes are supposed to be difficult. Yeah. Uh, have you ever played Angband? Yeah, uh, you know. I've, well, I played NetHack. Okay, NetHack, which, yeah, and those are kind of the two schools of roguelike. NetHack, which is sort of a story-driven, puzzle-driven roguelike. Angband, which I think is more like Darkest Dungeon, which is like a, how far do you dare go down before you come back up, combat uh, yeah. a roguelike. And this really does feel like a modern version of Angband. I, I love Angband. I've, to this day, never descended all the way to the second the 200th floor and, and one like the true true ending of it. It's just too difficult. But that's part of the point of a roguelike is, is to yeah. make it almost insurmountable. Did you ever play Rogue? Wasn't uh, that the first? The original Rogue? Yeah, uh, yeah I've played Rogue. Uh, there's not a lot of reason to play Rogue now that NetHack and mm. Angband exist, which are both superior games, but I have played it. Mm. I, just, I just never played the original roguelike game. Yeah. Yeah, uh, oh, my, my favorite thing in Darkest Dungeon is there's these pigmen enemies, and they're horrifying. They look awful, and their attack is to vomit on your <laughs> character. And they only take, like, one or two points of 
health damage, but they take a huge amount of like stress damage. And oh. it's like that, you gotta like, just wear that all day. Yeah, <laughs> like that that like game flavor and how it intermixes with the game mechanics is like so strong, so smart. Yeah, I'm I'm really kind of enamored with it. And this thing will run on a toaster. I mean, it, it doesn't require yeah. a lot of Not a lot literally. of PC to push it. Though. <laughs> you know, it's uh, if you have a smart toaster. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, it does, it's not like graphically intense or anything like that. Uh, the game is super polished, even though it's uh, in early access. I did notice uh, when I was looking at one of my characters, you can look at like you can unlock new abilities for them. Yeah. And when you, I was mousing over some of the new abilities, the information pop-up window was just code. Like it had, like, yeah, it is early access, like and they are patching it up. Like there's been two patches, I think, yeah. since the game even came out, and it's uh, the full game is set to be released, I think, April or May, and then it's coming to PS4. As well. Yeah, also coming to PS4 if you want to play it on lean back mode. Lean back <laughs> mode, <laughs> sweet. Uh, Darkest Dungeon is so, so good. 20 bucks in early access. It has the GameScoop seal of approval. It's all I want to do with my life right now. Do you have a patch for the GameScoop seal of approval? That's just your face. Yeah. It's just Damon's face <laughs> on the patch. Uh, I wear that. Moving on. Jared, correct me if I'm wrong. You're a Friday the 13th fan. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Fanboy. So have you heard about this upcoming game Would coming you- this summer? Slasher Volume 1 Summer Camp. Uh, yes, yes, I have heard about this, and I'm really excited. Did you watch the, the recent trailer that just came out, the little uh, yeah, teaser? Yeah, which I actually have here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, this the Summer is, uh, Camp trailer. But yeah, this is, I fool around with text adventures as a hobby, and I've been, I, I'm actually, well, here, let's watch this. Well, we're, we're, there's no we're sound. There's no sound. We'll talk over, no right, sounds, so we'll so talk over this here. But yeah, um, this is, uh, I've been fooling around with the idea for a puzzle-based uh, slasher summer camp game on, as a text mm-hmm. adventure for a while. That's not the first time somebody's done that. But I've been playing around with it, having a good time. This game is the, looks like it could be the realization uh, of that hope lived out. Like a, a real, you've got a multiplayer setup where you have several people playing campers and one person who's the killer. It's and evolved. Only, right. It's evolved. Also, it's just multiplayer. Friday, Every person's a human. Right. Asynchronous but, multiplayer. Well, who knows what Jason is? Is he yeah. still human? Like, okay, what, what, I mean being played by a human being. Yeah, yeah. and it's a, it's a sign of, it reminds me, also, there's an old Quake mod called Predator where, where the only way to win the game was to, or the only way to score points was to kill other players as the Predator. Mm-hmm. The only way to become the Predator was to kill the Predator, so it was a bunch of Marines and one Predator. That sounds and, awesome. Uh, yeah, it was a wonderful old mod, and this, this kind of gives me a, a, that same kind of vibe to it. Yeah. And I don't think for sure that the other players even know who or where the killer is. Uh, they've been very sketchy. Who knows if it's actually going to be a good game, but man, I love the idea. So, Damon, wait. I'm still a little bit mixed up on how, like, the actual gameplay. Asynchronous multiplayer. It's like people yep. take their turns, and then they can come back, like, the next day and take their next turn. Or, like, how oh, no, is this I mean, supposed to play out? I imagine it's very similar to Evolve, where you're matched. Okay, but that's, that's, not, that's real-time multiplayer. That's, it is real-time. Oh, okay, I thought. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who said asynchronous? I, I don't know. I thought yeah. someone did. Maybe I'm... Asynchronous crap. meaning there's only one versus four or eight. Oh, no. Asyn- I thought asynchronous... Asymmetrical. Like, asymmetrical. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Asynchronous multiplayer is a different thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Like, asymmetrical. friends would be asymmetrical. Asymmetrical Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Got it, got it, got it. Mm-hmm. That sounds awesome. Yeah, so like we haven't really covered it much on IGN, but uh, we did a news story this week because they just announced that Kane Hodder, the actor that played Jason in Friday the 13th Part 7... Shoulder breathing. Here we go. The New Blood... Jason takes Manhattan, Jason goes to hell, and Jason X is going to be pl- doing the motion capture for the villain in this game. But Dan the villain's the not Jason. No, but the, the developers are totally saying, we are making uh, an homage to Friday the awesome. 13th. Yeah, his name is Jay Shen. You know, so so I, I wonder how the gameplay is actually going to work, because I know those movies are all about 
like they're not about people really generally trying to attack the killer mm-hmm. or escape the killer even so much as they are just living their lives doing something <laughs> that summer and then getting murdered. Like, is there a scene where you are making out with somebody for the first time? Like, we saw this one scene in the trailer where it showed, like, there were two people in a cabin kissing, right? Here's some concept art showing a kill that's lifted straight from uh, Friday the 13th Part 2. The lovers in bed stabbed through with a spear going through both of them. I mean, maybe you're not trying to defeat him. Maybe you're just trying to survive. Like a Silent Hill, uh, what was the Wii Silent Hill called? Um, Shattered Memories, where you couldn't fight back. You just had to run the whole time. So what? It's, It's like... It's like Animal Crossing where you <laughs> occasionally get murdered. <laughs> I, I love that idea. See, I don't know. They, I want to play that game. You know, like, they, I'm going to go pick some apples from the trees. Oh, my God! <laughs> they haven't released any gameplay footage yet. Uh, yeah. But it's supposed to come out this summer on Xbox One, PS4, and Steam. That's a cool so, idea. Uh, yeah. So the, the other thing about... Uh, Kane Hodder's not the only like horror uh, uh, talent that they have working on the game. Do you know who Tom Savini is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. So he's also like helping with the motion capture and helping with the game... So actually, as a producer, maybe. Oh, that's yeah. a formula for success there, because Kane Hodder has like the best shoulders in Hollywood. Just that whole like, yeah. And then you you have Tom Savini, who really did some of the most innovative like budget makeup Creep, effects. Yeah, makeup ever. effects. And, and, and the more money you give him, the better he does. But I mean, he you know, the the story is I don't know if it's apocryphal or not that he figured out that nothing looked more like blood than blood. Uh, so that in some of the early films, he just would use pig's blood instead of corn corn syrup. No, Justin. Hopefully I'm not libeling him. But I mean, no, you're, not, you're not a fan of, of getting pig's blood thrown at you. No, no. <laughs> I guess he is an expert on horror movies and how they're made, but he's a makeup guy. So like involvement well, in video games strikes me as being a He's also strange. a stuntman, actor, Yeah, sure, sure. Director, yeah, yeah. I'm not something. selling anybody short. Like, Do you I, not watch Robert Rodriguez movies? I mean. He certainly knows what he's doing, for sure. <laughs> uh, the crotch gun guy from... Dust till dawn, right? Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, what was uh, uh, sex That's machine? That's right. Yeah. Sex machine. Yeah. Yeah, I totally have That's not him. ever made that connection. They also have the composer who did the music for the original Friday the Thirteenth, Swamp Thing, and House One and Two. Do you remember the movie House? Oh, House is a weird oh. You, flick. They had the composer that did the music for that and Swamp Thing. Yeah. I thought you said they had the composer for Friday the Thirteenth and Swamp Thing. <laughs> I'm like, Swamp Thing's in this game? <laughs> he's, 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 he's DLC. He's a developer? Yeah, Swamp the, Thing is developing this game? that did the music for all these movies. Got yeah. it, got it, got it. Okay, Man, House, awesome. that's a weird flick. It's like PTSD meets low-budget horror meets strange comedy. Yep. That is an odd movie. Yeah. When I was a child, I saw that on TV, and it, it freaked me out, man. I liked it a lot when mm-hmm. I was a kid. I think I saw House 2 and liked that one, too. But. Yeah, don't, so what's don't the story? So this is part one, or episode one. Yeah, so this is Gun Media. Ever heard of them? Mm. I hadn't either, but they made a game called Breach and Clear. Oh, no, I take it back. I do know Gun Media. So Yeah, I know people that work there. legit. We gave Breach and Clear an 8. Cool. Yeah, I liked Breach and Clear, but it's a radically different game than this. Yeah. So. Is this is this a first-person game? Third-person. Like, it's a third-person game. Yeah. Okay, and I'm just really interested to see how this plays out. I like, am, too. They, they've done well with the teaser, because now I'm, I'm hooked and yeah. I'm in. I'm sure they're drawing all their inspiration from LJN's seminal classic, Friday the 13th, for the NES. That's so right. That's, that's, that's where, where it should mostly that, come from. For yeah. the well, largely most, considered to be the best NES game. Yeah, yeah some totally. would say the best, the greatest video game of all time. So, yeah. uh, better than most movies, I, yeah. they also would say. Yeah, probably. Uh, Oscar yeah. caliber plot. <laughs> and those wonderful Mike Tyson punch-out sections where yeah. you fight Jason. <laughs> not wonderful at all. Yeah. It's just the worst. <laughs> anyway, Slasher Volume 1, Summer Camp. Supposed to be out this summer. We'll see. Uh, be very interested to see what the game actually looks like, how it plays. Yeah, it's probably worth pointing out. Uh, it's rad. I want to see more. But, you know, let's yeah. wait till we actually see the game in sure. motion before yeah. we're, you know. Does the Summer Camp thing infer that they might go to other places for... 
Yeah. The next slasher. Yeah. Yeah. Like or space. they could do other. So the woods. Into the mine. The woods. It's summer camp. I guess that's true. But I mean like a cabin in the woods. Or oh, a cabin in the woods. Yeah, like you, camping trip. Yeah. Or all Freddy, uh, maybe into the brain. At or, the airport. Or sleepaway camp for, for maybe, some yeah. strange Here we go. That's a weird movie. If you want to mine 80s splatter films, then there's a lot, several different angles they can go for, right? Yeah. Bloody Birthday. I haven't seen that one. You don't just name drop the movie Sleepaway Camp and then just walk away like that because that's a that's a you just don't bring that movie up. Well, you don't want to spoil that for anyone. No, you yeah, don't. If you've never seen Sleepaway Camp, go watch Sleepaway Camp. That movie is horrifying. <laughs> it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. <laughs> watch it with your kids. <laughs> no, nope. don't don't do that. Nope. IGN does not endorse what Justin just said. <laughs> I think it's fine. <laughs> He's the only dad here. Yeah, that's true. That's good we got to take his word for it. <laughs> okay, well, he knows. Uh, this week, Esquire magazine published an article. Uh, for the headline was like flashback to the top Billboard hits of 1993, and they Ooh. just uh, ran down all the hit songs from that year. And I thought we could do that for video games. 93 yeah. and video games. What yeah. was 93? Sonic. So 2? well, we're, that's what we're going to okay. discuss. Well, Come back with me. Okay. Yeah. 1993. Yeah. What were you doing? I was 15, finish, when 1993 started, I was finishing up junior high, getting excited to go to high school. In 1993, I spent 11 and a half months doing meaningless things I don't remember, and then I played Doom because it came out. Uh, so that's, that's what, what I remember about 1993, is the mm -hmm. last two weeks or so, playing Doom. Uh, mm -hmm. Justin? Yeah, a lot of Sega Genesis back then. <laughs> uh, I was not, when I was very little, I'm younger than you, I was eight in 93. Um, and the NES era, Video games like weren't my big thing yet. Like the Sega Genesis was what really I'm like, that's it. All right, this is gonna be my life. Yeah. Um, so that's my enduring. I'm gonna memory. play Sega Genesis forever. Yep, a lot of road rash. I was I was 12, and I guess I was really into. I think it was, was it Super Nintendo. I guess around then, 93. Yeah. Was sure. Year? Oh yeah. So I was totally into that, um, and I was also really into Game Boy, and I think that's when I first discovered how awesome boobs are. Oh, in '93. Yeah. What was? What, how did? How did you discover? They're just you know you start looking for those things when you're when you're 12. There it's not go. the year; it's the man. Oh, okay. It's there the we are. Okay. It really I thought there might be something with. special. Anyway, as 1993 was beginning, uh, there were hearings on video game violence yeah. being held in part because of Mortal Kombat, which had been uh, released the previous year, the but became controversial moral and moral panic. The controversy yeah. extended into. 1993. Oh, is this the same year we were yelling about Night Trap, or was that the year before? Uh, that would have been later, because that was Sega CD. That was okay, also yeah. part of these hearings. People were getting really concerned, because yeah. video games had been around for 20 years at that point, but they were just starting to look realistic. Yeah. So this is, when, a, this is a really cool thing. You can actually go on C-SPAN's website to this day. They, everything that's ever been on C-SPAN is now mm -hmm. on C-SPAN's website. You can go back and watch those hearings. Uh, wow. They are, they are quite amazing. I've gone and, and watched... Uh, uh, quite a bit of them, and it, it, it's kind of terrifying to think that, like, just that Joe Lieberman was kind of like a central figure in this whole thing, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. which, which I'd completely forgotten about. Your Honor, at one point, a man flew across the stage with lightning bolts and killed another man. <laughs> or like, we have to or, stop this. Or just watching Howard Lincoln, you know, the, from Nintendo, just throw the entire video game industry under the bus. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Just, just, what did he do? Oh, he's just like, well, those guys over there at Sega don't care about your children with their inadequate ratings. Uh, I'm, if I'm about to 
be sued. Uh, this is all facetious. Uh, that, throw, you know, bad those guys at Sega doing this, but we at Nintendo, we protect your children. Yeah. You know, and that that was really the tone. Like this cannot be stood. Your, you know, yeah. senators, etc. And it's just like. And oh, I mean, man. the whole thing worked too, because I mean, I I for a month I saved lunch money. This is no lie. I did not eat lunch for an entire month when I was this age, and I took all the money and I. I walked down the highway and I bought a copy of Mortal Kombat and I brought it home with my for parents. For Sega Genesis or Super Nintendo? For Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. And my, because uh, I was one of those people, I learned very early on that the console wars were stupid. And <laughs> okay. I got the Super Nintendo and then I saved up money and I got the Genesis and I was would, like, I need both. Would that have been Mortal Monday? Yes, yeah, okay. I remember that specifically. Um, and I brought the game home and my parents were pissed, and they took it away from me. Oh. And I guess they brought it back. I don't know what happened to it. It just disappeared. And then, like, a couple of weeks later, uh, my, a friend of mine got it, and I just went to his house and played it every day. And my, my parents didn't... I didn't understand why they were mad at that. The, the best thing about that is that you look at that game versus what children are playing now, exactly. and you're just like, dude, we, ha- we weren't doing anything wrong. Yeah. That's like, like, that's my kids these days moment. That's yeah. what makes me feel old. It's like, mm-hmm. this, is, this was the formation of the ESRB. You know, there was no ESRB before that, but Mortal Kombat would have been a rated M, and comparing what that M is like to the M in like GTA yeah. 5 yeah. is insane. Well, like, it's com- absolutely outrageous. Mortal Kombat X is yeah. coming out in, what, just a couple months? And, and so compare like, the original Mortal Kombat to that. I know. I'm in a situation where I would never let my 12-year-old play an M-rated game, but I played M-rated games when I was 12, and it, like that, that cognitive dissonance is like a little bit hard for me to reconcile, mm-hmm. but I explain it away by saying that you know games are very, very different now. It's true. Uh, in Q1 of 1993, Star Fox was released for Super Nintendo. Barrel mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Uh, Star Fox is a wonderful game. I, did, you, did you play a lot of it? Uh, no, I, I played a ton of it, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, I found it a little clunky. Oh, yeah. I, I actually, I always loved it as a kid, but I never thought the graphics were amazing. And I know looking at them now, you're joking, mm-hmm. you're laughing. But I think they look awesome. No, I no, I think like the art style is yeah. great, but I remember people back then being like, these are the most realistic graphics ever made. And yeah, we didn't have a lot to work with. And I do th- I do appreciate how clean this art style is, mm-hmm. but I never thought it was it was much to look at. Like it really felt like, you know, playing those old NES games that had fake 3D in them. You well know? this this was all like the old Argonaut guys, right? Yeah. I mean, it was just the fact that this was happening on a console that made yeah. it amazing. And this is the same year that X Wing came out. And X Wing looked better than Star Fox. Yeah. Well, but, this, this was also... Was, the, this is very impressive for the SNES. This, yeah. was, this was the origin of a lot of real... It was the first time we started using really sort of like weird gimmicky terms with our games. Like we started hearing things about the FX chip and then mm-hmm. there was the blast processing on mm-hmm. Sega Genesis. Yeah. And these like buzzwords that you're like, yeah. why are we talking about this? Yeah, Brandon, there was, was a real. Oh, go ahead, sorry. That's all. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, the FX chip was actually real. Oh, yeah, blast yeah. processing didn't exist. No, yeah. That's the difference yeah. Them. Well, the FX chip <laughs> it gave us Star Fox. It gave us uh, Stunt Race Stunt FX. Race FX. Uh, there oh, was yeah. really just like a handful of yeah. games. A I mean, later, I'm sure I'm missing a few. But Yoshi's they're really Island expensive. used a, a later iteration of it. Yeah, and like Link to the Past when the Triforce comes in and stuff like that. Actually, used... that's not the S, uh, FX chip, I really? think. I don't think so. They were just pulling off polygons like nothing? I think so, yeah. Sweet. Star Fox was awarded Best Shooter of 1993 by EGM. Well done, each Obviously, yeah. That also, should, that also shows how times have changed. We don't, I, I don't, don't really think of it as a shooter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a space yeah. fight combat game. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's an arcade game to me. I it, think that's the genre, right? It yeah. really is a technical triumph. Though. I mean, you look, there's, the same guys that did that did X on the Game Boy, which is like Star Fox on a Game Boy. Uh, these yeah. people really could do yeah. some, some wizardry. I mean, I, I think that's, it's, you just look and you're like, wow. And it had that effect on, on me as a kid. 
For sure. I mean, looking at it now, that was in 93. That was two years before the PS1. You know, and PS1 launch games would look comparable to that. Like, it's pretty incredible. It's a big year for Nintendo. Kirby's Adventure was released for the NES. It's 1993. This is a very late-life NES game. Mm-hmm. Not the final NES game, like, but it was maybe the last big... I don't even want to use the term AAA, but like... It's crazy that Nintendo was, like, breaking new ground with the Super Nintendo in showcasing this new graphics technology and still releasing this on the NES. Like, they yeah. don't do that anymore. Microsoft has nothing exclusive coming to the Xbox 360, no, right? No, no, no. Kirby's um, one of the best-looking NES games. It's oh, incredible. Really is, yeah. It's running on this the NES. This game is awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of fun. It really, I didn't play it back in the day, though. I, I had moved on to other things, and it was only, like, in college several years later when evil emulators appeared. Yeah. That, that I discovered that this game even existed. It plays really smooth. I mean, it's really hard to believe that, like, this in a game, like, you know, as big of a Metroid fan as I am, like, the game is really clunky, nope. right? Like, the jumping's clunky in it, everything's clunky Damn in it. it. <laughs> and compare that to a game like Kirby, where uh, very, very smooth controls, very yeah. gorgeous. Um, the, uh, game design had really come a long way in a few short years. And yeah, at, all the different pinks. I know. My, my issue with this game was that it was always too easy. Always, but I mean, it's it, it went the with Kirby the Kirby games style. have always been. But I mean, like you side, could, you could inflate and just fly across the top of every level. <laughs> I don't remember just doing that and yeah. being like, "This is dumb." Well, I've heard I've heard it theorized. I don't remember where the Nintendo might have had this idea that like the older kids were going to buy the SNES and you were going to like pass it along to like your little brother or something. Yeah. And so the game was kind of aimed at that that younger that audience sense. they thought that might still be playing the NES. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know where I heard that or if there's any truth to it at all, but it kind of makes sense. It was a cool time that we don't really have anymore, where people are. Buying games for two systems from the same developer, like one's past gen and one's current, yeah. and mm-hmm. like you would buy Link to the Past and then you'd buy Kirby. You know, that's that's kind of cool. Yeah. The one that always blows my mind is Super Mario sixty four and Super Mario RPG came out the same year. Wow, really? Yeah, yep, that's, they were that's both awesome. in ninety five. Man, that's what a good 96. year for Mario. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in June, Day of the Tentacle was released. That is an awesome adventure game, and uh, we're going to get a chance to play it again when it comes out to PS four, Vita, and PC. Yeah, Day of the Tentacles, wonderful. Yeah. Uh, in August, Zelda Link's Awakening came out on Game Boy. My favorite game of all time. That's your, Link's Awakening's your 100%, favorite? 100%, yeah. Oh, my man. favorite game of all time. Oh, that is. And far and away my favorite Zelda game, but yeah, my, my single favorite uh, video game ever made. Did you get Teary at the end? Yeah, 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 this is a dark... People talk about Majora's Mask being this like really dark, morbid Zelda game. No, this is the one that's really like... Like, this is a, a weird, twisted game, and it's... Yeah. Like, some of the side characters are amazing. There's this awesome thing they do in this game. It's this trading sequence. And not a lot of people really talk about it, but you start with one item, and by the end of the game, you have something completely different, but you've mm-hmm. interacted with, like, 17 different characters. You run across the, the whole world. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, the, the, the crux of the entire game is, is a secret I won't give away. And even yeah. though it's a really old game, you should, you should all play it. Um, there's a Game Boy Color version of it as well. With the Color Dungeon. It added a Color Dungeon oh, no, and a full like color, color Packet. Dungeon. Do you, do you like I don't, I don't actually yeah. don't like that port, and I'll tell you why, and this is very specific, and sorry if I'm hogging your show for a moment. Fine. But uh, Link's Awakening on Game Boy had a trick where if you walked from one screen to the next while holding the select button, you could warp to the other side of the screen. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and not, you'd not have the sword, right? Yeah, so it'd be like if I went here, I could jump to Damon's chair just by holding the select button. Mm-hmm. And then Damon would fly off to the next screen. <laughs> so when there's all these parts in Zelda games that you can't cross a river mm-hmm. or an area yet, and you could basically just like matrix time warp through that game off of like the fifth screen. So it's really cool. It's, it was infinite replay- infinitely replayable for me because of that. It's also a ridiculously good-looking yeah. Game Boy game. I mean, that thing's running on a Z80. Yeah, uh, it's, it's just it, what they were able to squeeze out of that sucker by that mm-hmm. point is 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 really striking. It's it, it's got this whole like uh, 
uh, sort of SNES vibe in black yeah. and white. I don't know how it pulls that off. Yeah. It's the first game where Zelda got weird. I mean, I guess Zelda, the franchise was really, really young back then. And for a long time, that was relegated to only the handheld Zeldas. Like, they were always kind of the weird ones that mm-hmm. were riskier, and the console ones played it straight. And then eventually the console ones would get strange, too, with stuff like Majora's Mask and uh, Twilight Princess. That came after Link to the Past? So that would be the fourth Zelda game, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it did reuse some assets from it, and it had weird things. Like there was a, a another crane game. I guess that was a weird year for them to use crane games. It had referenced yeah. Mario. But there was a lot could, of yeah, chomps in Yoshi. Kirby was, was in it. Yeah. You could actually get a yeah. Yoshi doll in the crane machine in that game. You had you had to right? Wasn't that yeah. one of the trade game yep. items? Yep. Uh, in August, also Super Mario All Stars was released on the Super Nintendo. Maybe one of the greatest, well, almost certainly the greatest game cartridge ever released. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Those. Well, there's two versions of it, but I think if the one we're talking about is the same one. One of them has Mario 1, 2, 3, the Lost Levels, yeah. and, yeah. and uh, Mario Super World. Mario World. And that's some some versions of that game. And that was Weird. the pack-in very yeah. late in the SNES lifespan. Yeah. So it's actually kind of hard to find that card. Uh, yeah. We actually, I don't know if we ran this feature or if we only talked about it, but you and I were actually, and Jose, were looking at the Super Mario World that's on that cart, that's mm-hmm. on the cart with 1, 2, 3, and All-Stars, is slightly different. It's weird, right? In like weird random ways, like Mario slides down uh, slopes differently. And the Luigi weird. sprite is like skinnier instead of being That's right, like, and so there's weird... So, just a palette swap of yeah. Mario. There's this weird alternate universe version of Super Mario World that almost no one's ever played. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's odd that, I mean, I can't think of an earlier example of a remake, because these were remakes. I mean, they, they For were, one, two, and three, yeah. Yeah, these graphical overhauls and slight changes to the gameplay like you're talking about there. Uh, I, can you think of an earlier example in console gaming of, of a game being remade? I, this is the first time I think somebody just took a classic and said, we're well, going to give this a contemporary generation treatment mm-hmm. and repackage it for a whole an, new group an of An HD people. remaster. Yeah. I'm just trying to think. They did like bring a. They put an old arcade game to the NES. There is that. That's but they true. usually had to do the, go the other direction. Those were they usually had to make compromises. To yeah. Get if if you look at like Double Dragon arcade. Well, or yeah. Contra. But I was thinking of older stuff like Galaga. Oh, oh sure. there yeah, were, yeah. Well, there yeah, were plenty yeah. of ports. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but I'm yeah. trying to think of an instance where they actually improved the game. Like we're yeah. gonna. Also, that's that's. Well, sorry, this is a slightly different point, but it's one of the only versions of Lost Levels that anybody's probably yeah. ever played in America, oh, yeah. at least. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was that was actually the only way to play it until then. We were just like, what the hell were they thinking over there? It's a sign of the times. Like in '93, they're like, yeah, put out three of our old games on a cart, sell it to people, four of our old games. Um, but now they would sell you all those games individually for you know ten dollars each or whatever. Well, they they did the like Master Chief Collection. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That, yeah, or the orange box. But I think now it would be like a. a I, I'm thinking about Nintendo. It I would guess. be like a, oh yeah, Nintendo a hundred percent. Would not do that nowadays. They there's, don't. Uh, there's, there's a good side and a bad side to it. The, the bad side is, yeah, now you got to buy all these games individually, and for every single console, you got to rebuy them. But the good side is, they're all available. Like, there's anytime you buy a Nintendo console and mm-hmm. you have nostalgia, or you missed old games. There's hundreds of them that you can just buy and play at any time. You don't need to go track down some weird cart and hope they've released it. Yeah. yeah. I think the guys at Retronauts put a whole show together once where they did nothing but go through compilations like this, just collections, and talk about them. It's a, it's a neat one to dig up if you're, if you're looking for more on this, and I think it's still floating around the web. And August, oh. August 93 was a huge month. That was also the month that uh, Secret of Mana was released on Super Nintendo. Ooh. Isn't that Max Goville's favorite game? Second, Se- Secret of Evermore two. is his favorite game. Secret really? Another. Evermore? Oh, well, I know I'm speaking for him, but I think it was Evermore. Wow. Yeah. Over I really, really like this game when it first came out, um, and I'm, I'm kind of bummed that we, there haven't been more excuses for me to play it. I feel like it's, it's been ported a couple times, but not as, as 
not as often as some of the other games that they were made they were making at the time. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. the sort of hands-on action RPG uh, yeah. stuff. Yeah. And the big deal with this, we don't the footage actually doesn't show it, but uh, it was like a multiplayer yeah. game, right. yeah. which was really cool yeah. to play an RPG. It's the way you always wanted to, right? Like you always you would play games with your friends all the time when you were that age, but you couldn't play RPGs like that. Yeah, this was, was one f- of the first ones. And it's a three-player game with a sort of Zelda-ish vibe, yeah. but I think one of the reasons we don't go back to it as much is cuz we're not kids anymore, so we're not playing all the time. And to get to the multiplayer stuff, you actually have to play into the game a couple yeah. of hours to unlock that. Isn't that weird? Uh, yeah, it is, but it wasn't then because it was made for us. And we're just sitting there like, play, 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 <laughs> play, 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 you know. So, but I think that's why people don't go back to it as much. Like if we, you know, we're going to do a let's play on this, we'd have to play for several hours just to unlock the ability to get all three characters. And I, I think that's maybe why it gets revisited uh, less than it could. It's still a wonderful game. Great music. I also love the fact that you can't just sit and whack away with your sword. You've got to let things charge, and so you got to back up, and your guys are really fast and, and can dodge quickly, and you get out of the way of most threats. And Later Mana games became kind of clunky and slow, but but Secret of Mana is, is pretty special. And um, the Second Densetsu 3, the, the Japanese sequel uh, that never came over here, is also really pretty good. Uh, both of those games are worth playing on. EGM named Secret of Mana Best RPG of 1993. Also in August, August Samurai Showdown was released in arcades. Ooh. No W in that. Uh, well, there is the one W. But no I've, W. In I've been that. spelling it's S H O D. Yep. O W N. Ah, yep. Like a hoedown. That's really how they show it. Shows. Yeah. S H O D. Yeah. There's no W in it. I've been spelling. That's one of those games that I've been spelling wrong for like ten years, and then I. Like, it was like, uh, it had this revelation where I'm like, oh, oops. But it's no wonder, if you read the story screens from the Samurai Showdown series, like, the, the misspelling of the title is really the least egregious <laughs> abusive English that takes place. So it, yep. it's, it's uh, wonderful games, though. Uh, Showdown, well, and especially Showdown 2. Yeah, but, like, they seem to have, like, they're, they're not, like, still being made today the way that Street Fighter and Tekken <sighs> Well, are, yeah, but right? some of that's that S&K got, yeah. I mean, got, got gutted yeah. uh, when, when Playmore took over. Uh, what, so that, that's what I found surprising is that EGM named Samurai Showdown Game of the Year. Wow. That's, <laughs> well, this was the first I was going to say, EGM yeah. was on a pretty good hot streak until right there. <laughs> you guys are really screwing up over there, EGM. Well, if, if fighting games were... <laughs> oh, that, think about how, you know, sad. you walked into an arcade in 1993, and it was fighting games and racing games yep. and... And beat-em-ups. Link's and Awakening, yeah. Yeah. Secret of Evermore, <laughs> yeah. forget it. I know, that's, I agree. Kirby's Adventure. But uh, it was it was quite a quite a game. I, I do think. remember how many that was an amazing time to go to arcades, and it was it, there were so many fighting games and beat 'em ups, mm-hmm. and all the, the well, and then Mortal Kombat spawned a lot of clone like oh, violent, yeah. the violent Ooh, ones yeah. like uh, time killers. Oh, where you, could, you could dismember yeah. people's individual yeah. body parts, yeah. and they were great. just hopping on one leg with a sword trying oh, to kill you. That game's so bad. All you had to do was hit all five buttons at once, and you would decapitate your. So opponent. is it a ba- it is a bad game, right? Yes, it's yeah, okay because I, I obviously terrible. haven't revisited that in any capacity, but I do remember. I remember playing it in arcades and being like, this is bad. And people were like, this is awesome. You can kill a guy by cutting <laughs> off his legs. And I was like, yeah, but it's still bad. It doesn't make it fun. Yeah. No. Yeah. In September, Mist was released on Mac. That's First came right. to Mac. I don't think it came to PC till the following year. Uh, yeah, actually, I don't think Mist came to PC till like 95. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, maybe I'm remembering that wrong. But yeah, uh, but Mist was... You know, Mist was a phenomenon. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was. Uh, Mist was the first time somebody took a CD. Around. Well, there was Seventh Guest, but that was terrible. Uh, but somebody took a CD and was like, how much beauty and great music can we fit on this yeah. thing, and how can we show off this incredibly rendered world? And you look back at it now, and it's just, you know, it's a hypercard stack. One, yeah. of the, one of the first examples of pre-rendered backgrounds being used really effectively, not the first example in any game ever. For a long time, Mist was also the best-selling video game ever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Well, it got packed in with almost every CD-ROM I mean, that ever why, sold. That's yeah. a lot of it. But but also it was a game that, that every kind of person played. There was no pressure in this. That it was very difficult to die. Really, until the end of the game, you couldn't die. And the puzzles were... were Frustrating and esoteric, but if you really put your head to the wheel, or you know, did something hard, I, I lost yeah. my metaphor. Uh, you uh, you could figure it out, or you could go by the strategy guide, or talk with your friends about I was, it. If you put your head to the wheel, head yeah. to the wheel. If you put your I was going to say that to the wheel. Mist is probably yeah. one of the most popular, completely bizarre things ever, yeah. ever, mm. ever really taken in by our species. That, that Beanie Babies? Yeah, which like, also like 93. <laughs> which, but like Beanie Babies I sort of get, because it's just like, okay, it's an animal full of beads and don't open it because your house will be a mess. That's, it's a great set of rules. <laughs> Mist was like, you're on this island and if you click things in the weirdest ways that make no sense, FMV videos of old men yelling at you will appear. That's right. And people are like, oh, I gotta buy that. I'm like, what the hell? Like, yeah. it made no sense. It wasn't like, you hand a guy a controller to play Mario and he's like, God, it totally. I'm totally makes sense. Or Tetris was like clear these blocks, but Mist. I still don't understand Mist. Well, I think a lot of Mist was that exploratory sense. Yeah. I, again, it, there was no pressure. Anybody could play. There was a game the same guys that did Mist made before Mist called the Manhole, mm -hmm. uh, which was just sort of a, this amalgamation it's of a, a bar in There <laughs> 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 was just sort of this 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 amalgamation of all these different fantasy elements yep. from from different stories mixed together. Unlike Mist, there were no puzzles really. So you just wandered around these neat little worlds and heard cool music and neat sounds and met, you know, characters from from old fairy tales. And I got that one more. Mist was just that with buffer zones to keep you from getting the content to stretch it out way longer. Um, but for a lot of people, just that chance to walk through a new world, it was for somebody that didn't want to learn to use a console or that didn't understand the appeal of something like Zelda, it was their Zelda. It was this big open universe they could wander around. And it appealed in a way that that, that particular interface hadn't before. Did you know there was a parody game called Pissed? Yeah, and uh, wasn't um, yes, I with had John it. Goodman. Yeah, I think John it, Goodman. it came for like some a demo for it or something like that. Somehow I played it, and I think it came with like a magazine or something. I got because yeah. back then they just gave away games with magazines yeah. like it was nothing. My favorite thing I about Mist that. was it's called Pyst, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah with a Y. <laughs> the, the sequel to Mist was called Riven: colon, yeah. The Sequel to Mist. Like that was the name <laughs> well, of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we want we want to name this something new, but how will people know it's yeah. the sequel to Mist? Yeah. They made Empire Star uh, Empire Strikes Back: colon, the sequel to Star Wars. <laughs> exactly. They made five of the things. Yeah, they five did. Mist games. Yeah, yeah really. When was, the, when was the last one? Uh, I didn't play it. Not that long. Yeah. Uh, in fall of '93, there were some notable hardware releases. In October '93, the Panasonic 3DO okay. was released. Did any of you guys have a friend that bought yes, it? Yes. Yes, I had. That was such it, a. In your childhood? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a friend who their family always had to get the new like yep. high-tech thing, so they had a Laserdisc. Jaguar. A Laserdisc <laughs> player, they had a 3DO. I remember playing The Horde, starring Kirk Cameron. Oh, yep. that is unfortunate. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, wow. I had I had a friend who got the, the Neo G, God. <laughs> the middle of the 90s. Really I, I totally remember that commercial. Oh my God, that's. That looks like the trailer to Strafe. <laughs> It's awesome. And that was like, I remember seeing that commercial and then going to run in the other room to talk to my dad, but halfway in between going there, I was just like, I don't know, really, really know if I want that. Yeah. Like, be like, oh, I gotta get, uh, actually, no, I don't think yeah. I need that. Okay, so it was ridiculously expensive, but it did have a couple of good games. I know Return Fire was really yeah. good. Have you ever played Return Fire? I don't remember. I to don't know, this maybe. day, to this day, Return Fire is fun. It's a it's yeah. a two player game. You got to have a friend for it to be fun. Had a pretty good uh, version of uh, Super Street Fighter. Mm -hmm. uh, a couple other things. Uh, it had Dungeons and uh, Dragons. Oh, what Slayer, which justifies the existence of that console all by itself. It was like a a pseudo. It was a first person RPG that looked like Doom and was based on the D D and D universe, where like pixely treants would beat you in the face. Yeah. 
I love that game. Well, it was it was such a weird era because it was like you know the 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 video game industry had crashed and then Nintendo sort of Trojan horsed their way back in. And then Sega was like, oh, we're going to get up into this. And then everyone was like, yeah. we can make a console too. And it was like Philips CDI and Panasonic 3DO and every every single... The it was Neo a minefield Geo. if you yeah, were it was, like... It was yeah. like, then the Atari Jaguar, which my friend had, and the controller was like this big and had 100 buttons yeah. on it. And it's like, God help you if you were a kid and you made the wrong bet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Most, most of those kids are in prison now. <laughs> Anybody <laughs> who bought a CDI wrong is... console, you just had, you had a bad outlook on life and you're, you're in jail now. Yeah. <laughs> Not for that, but because it led to other bad decisions, like it drugs It was like bad enough. Like, I was a Genesis kid growing up, and it was bad enough that I couldn't play, you know, the Final Fantasies and the Zeldas. Like, if you only had a 3DO... Oh man! Yeah, you were no because there was like you could go to school armed with like I played I played Comic Zone last night. It was awesome. Or I played yeah. X Men for Genesis. It was amazing. You, you Nintendo babies don't have that. But nobody came to yeah. school like, oh man, I had a really good time playing Clay Wars last <laughs> night. The Gex. Yo, Gex. You mean Clay Fighter? Yeah. No, Clay Wars. No, Clay Wars. <laughs> it's it's about these clay tanks. It was it. it was a neat idea. They they had this idea that they were going to license the <laughs> hardware. Trip like, Hawkins. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was Trip Hawkins, and it wasn't like just the Panasonic 3DO. We called that up, but several people manufactured it. Like anybody could make a 3DO that wanted to. Yeah. And it was just a hardware standard. The problem was that. What the, does that the, even mean? That's crazy. It's sort of like a PC. Like yeah. any, it was an open architecture, and they're like, okay, and everybody will want to make like, their like own. People making Blu-ray players. And, yeah. It's, it's crazy. It was a neat. Terrible idea, like just a horrible business model. And these things weren't cheap; they were all pretty expensive. Yeah, ridiculously expensive. Also, in October, eight years later, Nintendo redesigned the NES. Oh yeah, I the bought NES that. Mm-hmm. One hundred and one, the, the top loader, right? Yeah. yeah. The See, that's what I was saying before about how I was still playing NES games. This was one. How of great reasons. is this Japanese commercial, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like off model. <laughs> They're all in there. Just. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, oh, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. It was the, the NES had been around for so long at this point. I loved the design of this system. It's it hasn't held up. I never, I, think it's, I never had this design. But they were trying to make it look more like the Super Nintendo because yeah. it had yeah. the the, joy, yeah. the controllers and the, the rounded, rounded controllers. edges. Right. Well, the thing is. Um, if you were still playing NES games then, which a lot of people were, you you almost had to buy that thing. Because yeah, A, it was dirt cheap, and yeah. B, your old system was dead. Was yeah. broken like my it. NES worked one out of 30 times by that year. By 93, yeah. you, I, had to, I had to put a game inside my NES and another game on top of it to jam it down yeah. and then slap the side and blow into it and yeah. love it, tell it like love stories, <laughs> yeah. whatever you had to do to get it working. Dude, I still have my NES, and it, do, it barely works. It's the same as you. I have a whole system. I know its quirks and know yeah. how to get it to work, but it's kind of like realistically, I probably need to just get rid of it and buy those games on the Wii. U. Yeah, like it's time. Yeah. I just oh, you still it, have yours hooked up? Not hooked up, but I own it like it's in my closet. Wow, that's, that's I don't impressive. know why. Like, I don't know who. Never in a million years is that thing going to get drug out. Actually, now that I I don't know if I've mentioned this on Game Scoop, but I'm a father now. Um, <laughs> really? Congrats! And so maybe when she's like you know four, I'll yeah. drag out the NES and we'll have fun for. <laughs> an hour. I, I know I'm going to get angry letters for this, but I've had good luck with Retron 5, honestly. Uh, you can still plug NES uh, controllers into it. I don't think anybody's going to be mad about There's some Retron emulation 5. controversy with it. Yeah, so, there is. Uh, yeah. But, but I've had good luck with mine, and it outputs to HDMI very nicely yeah. uh, and is, is affordable. Uh, I, I like it quite a bit. In November, the Atari Jaguar was released. So I think it's interesting. The Super Nintendo and Genesis had been out for a few years at this point. Yeah. And so now like the 3DO and the oh, Jaguar mm-hmm. were coming out. This was supposed to be like the new wave of consoles. And they were both 
complete failures. Yeah. They were. Although this did give us Alien versus Predator. But I did I did love what the Jaguar did. And that, the most important thing the Jaguar did was it ended the the bit discussions. Because we had talked about 8-bit and 16-bit, yeah. and you saw in their marketing campaign, yep. 64. 64 bits. And Do all of a sudden, the math. like we all, everyone came together, every, every, every person fighting in the cafeteria, and every troll and nerd all got together at the same time, and we said, bits don't matter. Games do, and it was so. It was such an important revelation, and it took the Jaguar to come in, making that gigantic piece of junk with that horrible controller with no good games, <laughs> selling it for hundreds of dollars for us to go. We don't care about bits. Yeah, that, yeah. that do the math ad campaign, hundred percent almost worked on me. Yeah, I'm like it is more really? bits. Oh. I did the math. <laughs> it's twice as many bits. I, as a kid, I saw that controller and I was like, "Whoa, more buttons! Yeah. I can do more yeah. things." But I felt the same way. Sanity prevailed in the end. That sucker shipped with. That old style, like sliding bar adapter for your TV. Do you remember that the manual switch? It still oh, yeah. came with one of those wow. in the box, the Jaguar. Oh, wow. did. Yeah, even in the, here in the early '90s, it came with one of those like old style Atari Twenty Six Hundred adapters. I hated their 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 branding was so aggressively ugly too. It was this? Yeah. It looked like a cat the was scratching marks. through a box. Yeah. yeah. With the eyes. <laughs> but there were two good games for the thing at least. There was Alien vs Predator. Yeah, which, which I, I actually a friend of mine had. The, my only memory of Jaguar is a friend of mine had it, and he also had. Do you remember Connects? Uh, yeah, I remember. There are those yeah. little intricate sticks yeah. that you put together. Yeah. He had the roller coaster, which was the size of That's, the set. Yeah. And I went to his house, and he just his bedroom was a Jaguar and the Connects roller coaster, and we hung out like three times. And I was like, this guy's weird. I'm not right. He's weird. Atari's final piece of hardware. Oh. The Jaguar, wasn't it? Wow. They had the Jaguar CD, but. Ooh, well, that, they made which, those, which they was made literally it. shaped like a toilet lid. Yeah. Like, yeah, like a toilet bowl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it awful. It's just horrible. That's, but uh, the other good game, Tempest 2000. That's that right. Yep, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, in November, Sonic CD was released. So good, in my opinion, the greatest 2D Sonic. I know. I know a lot of people really liked the that The soundtrack's game. so good. Both soundtracks are so good. Mm-hmm. That's what people don't know is that game had a separate soundtrack in Japan and America. Mm-hmm. I don't exactly, I mean, there must have been some legal reason why. I don't know the story behind that. But they're both like incredible. It's like a weird parallel universe Sonic CD soundtrack. I had a Sega CD, and so I was trying to like justify its existence. I'm like, no, guys, Sewer Shark, it's super legit. But then like Sonic CD was really three versions of every level going to the past, the present, and the future. Yeah, yeah. game That's, was great. That so was, I, I agree with you. Was, oh, go ahead. No, I, I played that game last weekend wow. out of yeah. nowhere because I have a. I have one of those like Kindle Fire TV sticks. Yeah, and that and game's on there. It's on there, and you can play it with like an, an Amazon controller. <laughs> okay. And I was just like, "Why is this here?" Like, because you know how like when, when you go on your iPad, there's all these games, and you're like, "Wow, there's yeah, all these." It's classes. on the App Store, but, but no one who wants. But that? on the Kindle game App Store, there's it's it's a wasteland. Right? Never, yeah. never underestimate the the ability of Sega to port Sonic to crap. I mean, they yeah. had a version of Sonic. I kid you. Do you remember the the whole wheel iPod that used to exist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With like the control wheel. They had a version of Sonic for that. Yeah, you used to write about those games, right? I reviewed Click Wheel iPod games. Wow, that's amazing. So I play I played Sonic CD, and first of all, yeah, it is it is the best Sonic game. Second of all, Sonic games are terrible. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's a good point. If the best, the best in a terrible series. Yeah. If I said it's the best 2D Sonic, then I guess that makes it the best Sonic by yeah. default. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I wonder which, now I'm super curious about which soundtrack is in the modern version of the game. But the parts uh, where they go, know. the future is hilarious in that. Go, I, I, like, go, go look those up, go play that if you can. The parts where Sonic goes to the future there, like their vision of the future is, is worse and more <laughs> demented than any other vision of the future. It's really post-apocalyptic, everything's all like, But it's still up. pretty cool. <laughs> like, it's yeah. like... 
<laughs> it's great. Go check that out. I kind of want to play Sonic CD now. We can set that up. I, I think the 360 version uses the American soundtrack, by the way. Interesting. And I, I think you're right. It is just a, the best 2D song. In November, also, Sam and Max Hit the Road was released on DOS. That is a <sighs> beloved adventure game. It's funny. And adventure games, LucasArts was, was really good at, at the whole humor shtick. Yeah. And because their games didn't kill you, uh, frustration rarely got in the way of the humor. Sam mm -hmm. and Max is a wonderful manifestation of that whole design philosophy. I didn't think the Telltale games were that great. I liked them. Oh, I like them like quite a bit. Yeah, I, uh, I really enjoy the Telltale games. Uh, and then finally in December, Virtua Fighter arrived in arcades. Oh, that was a good game. This. this is a, I just like, at the time everyone was experimenting with Taking it's a, games it's another game 3D. that looks different in your brain than it actually does when you go back and watch oh, footage yeah, of it. Yeah, uh, I thought it looked pretty cool at the time. Literally no backgrounds. Yeah. Yep. Well, well, like, well but, there's one. But the hardware, to, <laughs> no polygons. Yeah. Like, but the hardware to run this, I mean, cost like ten thousand dollars. I mean, yeah. when this thing was new, then, Neo Geo. Uh, no, 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 this is Sega, Sega arcade, arcade hardware. Yeah. 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 And this game, despite the fact that it looks ridiculous now, was a really well done fighting game. It had a lot of good counter abilities, great mobility for the characters. It was it was a legit good fighting game. It also like set the the tone for what the next generation of video games would look like. Mm -hmm. This is what PlayStation games looked like. And yeah. they influenced fighters like you know Tekken and all those games where like even back then you know little Justin's brain was having a hard time trying to figure out like that's a 3D game, but it wasn't 3D. It still played in 2D. You could dodge forward and back, but the characters still mashed into each other face to face. Like you couldn't run around. Well, you, you could sort of could actually. Right? You, you could, could side, you could sidestep, yeah. but then the whole thing would just like you still stayed. Like you could sidestep yeah. and attack, but you could never really move freely in 3D. Like Power Stone did it, and that's like really one of the only fighting games still that you know did 3D. Like Bushido Blade. Uh, mm -hmm. Pulled it off. There was so, a few, yeah. and I and I remember trying to figure out like it's 3D, but it's not 3D, and I didn't know how to like articulate that or like the gameplay remained 2D largely. Yeah. And that was one of those like I don't think people realize this anymore because we, this doesn't happen anymore. But th that was one of those times where you would put a game like that on the TV, and like 20 people would crowd yeah. around and be like the graphics because mm. they were really they were really yeah. something like we'd never seen anything like that before, and we were like that's the future of games. Everyone's gonna. Have these awesome rectangle fingers, <laughs> and it turned out they were right. In this they were right. It was they were a future totally right. games this time, not Sewer Shark. <laughs> yep. But, uh, no. Finally, in December, as you mentioned at the top of this discussion, Doom was released, yeah. which I ended had, up being another controversial release. But that, that's a 500-pound gorilla in the room of this year. I mean, yeah. all of these games are really important and wonderful and great, but Doom, in terms of cultural impact and what it did for gaming, that that is the game that brought multiplayer into our universe. Deathmatch yeah. and coined the term deathmatch, I believe. Yeah, yeah, it did. Deathmatch was coined for Doom. It, it was ridiculously influential. It opened up the modding communities on PC games. It, it created uh, FPS multiplayer and internet multiplayer, or LAN multiplayer that led to the internet multiplayer over TCP IP stacks and Quake. Yeah, I mean, it is ridiculously influential. Its emphasis on moddability is often an underrated aspect of what made that game a success and, mm -hmm. you know, its shareware distribution model. And certainly, like, the thing is, Doom, I don't want to overstate its influence because there were shareware games, before there were mm -hmm. moddable games before there are first person shooters before but like it was the one that like pulled that all that together into like a cohesive package and uh you know in the same way that the the influencer of anything is usually not the first thing to do that thing you have like some baby steps mm -hmm. and then someone says nah here's how you do it 
Yeah. And like Wolfenstein well, yeah. was a first person shooter and there was others, but then Doom, you know, sort of came out and you know, the rest was history. So, so my, my parents weren't like crazy psycho overbearing about anything. I mean, they they let me watch Married with Children and HBO sometimes and stuff like that. And you know, they they got wind of Mortal Kombat and they were worried about it. <laughs> but Doom, we were I mean it's funny you mentioned shareware. We were in a, a supermarket that's now mm-hmm. it's a place called Grand Union that doesn't exist anymore. Oh. And uh there was one of those like fifty games in one discs and I brought it home and it had you know, like Hugo's House of Horror and Jill of the Jungle and all these weird like Jazz Jackrabbit and stuff like that. And it had Doom. And it was just like number 47 down on the list, Doom. And I plug it in and I start playing it and I'm like, this game is amazing. And then you would beat six levels yeah. and like this skull would start laughing and it would say, send $9.95 <laughs> to this real human being address. <laughs> yeah. It was there was no yeah. way to put your credit card or anything that it was just like right get your somebody you know to put cash or a check in an envelope and mail it to these people and months if not years later you'll get a disc in the mail mm-hmm. that has chapters yeah. 4 5 you'll and get like six. six floppy disks. Yeah, like the yeah. descent in the hell doesn't have to end here. Mail us real money. And I was like people what? did. People did. It was so Feel good. It. And now like you know yeah. you complain about microtransactions you're in the middle of a level or something and they're just like oh you got to pay more to keep playing you're like ah oh, here yeah. you go. But you had to actually mail money to people back then. To get it done. Oh, it's a great game. People are still modding it. Uh, there was a really good Mega Man mod for mm-hmm. it a few years ago. Uh, have you played this? It, it activates mouse yeah, look. Yeah, you were playing that the other day. I love it. Mega Man Deathmatch. It's a, <clears throat> like a pure deathmatch game. You run around and you have Mega Man powers. And uh, you kill other guys and grab Mega Man powers from them. And you're just using all the Mega Man <sighs> weapons yeah. in Mega Man levels. It's so great. The modding scene for Doom is actually still really robust. Mm-hmm. Uh, new levels still coming out. New All kinds of new like ways to play the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2008 or 9, uh, it released, I don't even know what you would call it, like the code. They basically gave people permission, do whatever you want with Doom mm-hmm. now. And so people remade the whole game and made you know, new engines that people can stack mods and things on top of. Mm. Um, it's all licensed under the GPL now, right? Yeah. That's what I thought. It's, it's been ported to everything. I'm, I, I remember mm. playing it on the... That's the joke. It's like, what yeah. can we get Doom running on? I, I played it on the Game Boy Advance. But <laughs> yeah. Just because why not, you know? Like, you know what I really like is the... Uh, Doom RPG. Doom RPG is underrated. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's on iOS. Guess, right. Just a turn-based version yeah. of Doom. Was, they did it for Wolfenstein also. Yeah. It was, it was really, on really DS good. first, and then it came to iOS. Yeah, I think it was on regular <sighs> cell phones even before the, even before iOS. That's right. That's how I was familiar with it, because mm-hmm. I was reviewing cell phone games yeah. back yeah. then, and, and Doom RPG was a flip phone, like Java phone yeah. game. That's yeah. really good. And then they released a sequel called Orcs and Elves. That was Not a sequel, not but a sequel, like but the that's, same. That's the one that was on DS. Yeah, you might be right. Um, and I, sequel is obviously the wrong term, but like yeah. the same engine, yeah. you know, but an original game. Yeah, it's a wonderful game. I'd yeah. love Doom RPG to come back. It's, yeah. it's still available on iOS. Well, it's there. Oh, like a sequel? You mean? Yeah. Yeah. They, I think they made think, Doom Two RPG. I think so too. Or would they call it Doom RPG Two? Yeah. Anyway. Hmm. Anyway, it's also interesting that in this year there was games like uh, Star Fox, Virtua Fighter, making strides into 3D, where Doom was doing the pseudo 3D. Yeah, yeah, sprite based and polygonal backgrounds. It's all fake. Yeah, they, they they found ways to fake elevation and stuff. But but now in contemporary engines, they fake it so well that again, it's indistinguishable from a true 3D game. Yeah, there's mods for the original Doom where like headshots do more damage and stuff like that. Like you have free free look. Yeah. I think 1993 was a pretty good year for gaming. Oh, so good. Yeah. And I feel bad. I feel like I missed out on a lot because I was 15 and going into high school, and I was like uh, going through a phase where I thought I was over video games. Like mm-hmm. they're not cool. And then I've eventually come back around, but I missed out on a lot of these games at the time. I've since gone back and played most of them. Well, granted, human relationships are also cool, and you were into that, so you know you. you yeah. You, you came back. I to had the fold. a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think that is all the scoops we have for you this week. Thanks for joining us, Jared. Thank you for having me. I really this will be the first it. of many. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Brian. Remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com. My name is Damon. This is IGN Gamescoop, and we're out.